0: everyone and welcome to the ladies of kamikaze podcast a podcast where the ladies of kamikaze and their friends have conversations about pop culture and women's place in it in this episode erin is joined by creator and artist mad rupert they'll talk about creating web comics and making comics your career and without further ado on with the podcast Welcome to the Ladies of Kamikaze podcast. I am Erin McGrath, known on the blog as The Red Menace, and I'm here today with Madeline Rupert. She's the artist and writer behind Sakana, one of my personal favorite webcomics. And so first, uh, Madeline, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about Sakana? What's about and how you got started with it?
1: Okay, hi. Thank you very much for having me. My name is Madeline Rupert Jaspering, but I go by Mad Rupert for most of my professional work online and otherwise. So yeah, my biggest project is Sakana, which just turned nine years old. I've been making it for a very, very long time. It started, yeah, I think I, I started posting it online January 10th, 2010. Oh, happy Seder's birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Saki. <laughs> <laughs> it is about a bunch of people that work at the Tsukiji Fish Market in Tokyo, Japan. And it was inspired by my own visit to the fish market in December of 2009. So right before I started the comic, we I actually went with a school, it was a class uh, visit for two weeks uh, my junior year of college and our assignment at the end of that was to create 11 comic strips based on something that you really enjoyed while you were there and so a lot of people did autobiographical comics and things like that but I had this great idea (laughs) what if in the fish market there was a guy who liked a girl uh, who worked across from him and so that was the first 11 pages was just kind of introducing three characters. And at the end of the 11 pages, he got the girl's phone number. And nine years later, I published page 551, (laughs) like two days ago on Thursday. Wow, congrats. Monday and Thursday, the update days. But yeah, so it's been going this whole time. I've taken some breaks. There have been some periods where I couldn't update as frequently as others. There was a period where I was doing a lot of licensed comics for boom studios and so i basically took a little hiatus uh, at that time but it always comes back it's always there it's been there the whole time well and poor
0: poor jiro has taken um nine years to get to date two it's true they just
1: started <laughs> date two uh i won't say that my pacing is <laughs> conventional but what I like to write, I think most of all, is the the minutia of conversations and interactions and personal relationships. Well, and that's one of the things I really like about the strip is that you
0: get to know all of these characters. And, and those first three, but then other folks come into play and they've kind of got their side stories going on. But they all have really distinctive personalities. They all interact with each other in sometimes very comical ways (laughs) sometimes kind of heartbreaking ways (laughs) yeah
1: yeah I I think it's really important for me something that I'm I always want in you know media and that I'm always looking for in different series that I consume is I always want to know how each character interacts with each other character Mm -hmm. so it just thrills me when I see two characters that you never ever think are going to talk to each other they suddenly like come together and have to do something and I so I think it's really important for me to sort of systematically go through and figure out like well how would Yudai interact with Taro and how would Taro interact with Sango, and how would they come together in different ways and they all uh, they all have pretty
0: distinctive personalities and some of them are very prickly yes So yeah so, some of them literally I mean Yudai <laughs> Yudai for sure yes
1: <laughs> he's everybody's favorite <laughs> he's my I like him too I, I like I like he's one of my favorite characters to write He's a kind of classic trope,
0: right, of this... Sundari. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, So it makes sense that people are attracted to him. And I think that, I don't know, I think for people
1: it makes you think about the fact that there's maybe love for everyone. Yes. <laughs> That's very important. That's very important to me is that all these characters with all these different personalities, it's still really important to me to show that each of them has their issues. They have things that they like. They have things that they don't like. They still need support from each other it's important for me to write a story where all the characters are just really there for each other but then also uh the relationship between uh yudai and jiro i definitely it's my favorite one of my favorite tropes are like enemies to friends sort
0: of it's been super heartwarming to yeah. watch and it's interesting because even though the original concept of this strip was about a guy getting together with a girl it's interesting to see how much of it has become about his blossoming relationship with this other guy with yes
1: uh their blossoming friendship and both of them sort of helping each other navigate their own anxieties with relationships with different people so there's like almost like a there's like four there's a bunch of people in play here right <laughs> and and you might not
0: know who will wind up with whom exactly so it's important to uh to read it and pay attention but I think I've really enjoyed it partly because I like watching those interactions and then sometimes it just makes me laugh out loud oh, thank you <laughs> you have a, a a style that I think just appeals to me visually a lot so thank you I um, like to draw faces a lot <laughs> yeah and I do love an exaggerated yes. face for sure <laughs> So one of the the questions that that I had was, so you've been putting this out on the web for a long time, and what are some of the things that have been good about using that as the mechanism for getting your art out into the world?
1: Well, I think it's easier now than it has ever been to sort of put your own work out there and uh, sort of find people who are interested in your specific brand of entertainment I won't say it's been a quick process since it has been nine years at this point, but um, I think publishing online allows you to, A, find a very specific niche to fill, and then B, gives you a lot of opportunity if you have, you know, the time and the energy and the follow through, I think you can expand your audience exponentially. It just takes a really long time and uh, you have to be consistent and, uh, or as consistent as you can be. You rely a lot on word of mouth, finding people who are interested, who will then tell other people who may be interested. I think that sort of word of mouth community is really important online and it's a unique benefit of online publication that I think maybe print publication doesn't get quite so much benefit from.
0: I can see that because I feel like every, and I read a lot of webcomics actually, I just read a lot, <laughs> yeah. so when the internet was nascent, um, for me it was perfect, like, oh, I can get these things immediately, right in my face. But the way I've found a lot of new comics is from recommendations from other artists, right? So um, I can definitely see that. Whereas in a book, you might have an ad at the back with Mm -hmm. the other books that this publisher puts out. But that doesn't necessarily tell you that those things are good or Mm -hmm. that the person who wrote this thing that you like also likes them. Yeah. Um, So I think that that's really interesting. I guess uh, one question I have is
1: how...
0: Has it been turning it into a career? And do you have advice for other people who are trying to
1: make it something that they're successful at or able to make a living at? Um, yeah, so I think turning it into a career is definitely very difficult, but it is possible. It's, I think, a lot about what what you can do, what you can give of yourself, how much you actually want to give of yourself, mm. and uh, how much time and energy you're willing to commit to it until it is able to sort of sustain itself. Because I really feel like in the long run, it can be sustainable, but there's like a huge, a huge ramp leading up, and you kind of have to think of yourself riding a bike like up this (laughs) huge hill, and you know eventually it's got a crest. But, you know, that's not to say that you won't want to like get off and sort of find another way halfway up. But yeah, it is really about, in addition to everything else that you're doing in your life, sort of finding the time to start planting those seeds, to start posting online, to start showing people your work and putting yourself out there. And then, yeah, you kind of hope that eventually you will find your way into this avenue where people enjoy your work, are willing to tell other people about your work, those people follow through and actually check out your work which doesn't always happen but you hope right. it does and then they'll talk to people and then they'll talk to people well are they willing to
0: support something with money that they've been getting in a yes. certain sense for free
1: yes uh, and that that always shocks me <laughs> that that is a, a core tenant i think of publishing a webcomic online uh, as a source of income, is that it's better when you give everybody most things for free. Because, I mean, why, at this point, it's, you know, you're trying to show as much as possible, so why limit that much? You want to give everybody as much as you possibly can so that they can decide for themselves if this is really something that they want and want to pursue. And then eventually it does turn out usually that if a Kickstarter comes around or if you put merchandise in a store or something, they'll want to give back in some little way. I kind of look at it as substituting that $4.99 for like, a floppy issue every month instead of going to the store and buying the new Spider-Man comic you slip $5 to your favorite web comic artist right. for like a set of buttons or a keychain or something like that and yeah. then you're reading the comic for free
0: always and it's been interesting because I've, as somebody who started reading these things back in, oh God, <laughs> the late 90s, mm-hmm. watching the whole industry figure out the model, right? So subscription services, does that work? And it turned out mostly not so much unless you're doing something that people pay for anyway, mm-hmm. which is pornography. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: um a <laughs> You know,
0: pe- people will pay for that because yeah. they're used to paying for mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then... So Patreon seems to be something that does seem to be working to a certain degree. Do you find yeah. that that works well, or, or is it more about getting people to kind of put money behind the big things like a Kickstarter or merchandise?
1: I think it all counts towards the whole. Uh, I always say that my the best thing that you can do if you're trying to make it as a career is um, diversify your income sources, is my buzz phrase. <laughs> Diversifying your income sources is exactly what you need to do because... That way, if one thing isn't quite working out at the moment, like if you make a batch of keychains and they're not exactly what everybody wanted, you have other uh, avenues to sort of default on while you sort of raise up the money again to try again with a different set of keychains or something. So for me, it's uh, Patreon and Kickstarters every, every other year or so. And I get ad revenue and stuff like that mm-hmm. from uh, Hiveworks, who is my online publisher, and then I merchandise for myself. I have two stores, one that I kind of do print on demand, like t-shirts and mugs and things like that with them because they have a, a deal with a printer yeah. to, to print those sort of things that have really high like initial costs. So that's easier for me to print those through them. Um, And then for me, I can get like 100 keychains made at a time, and that's a lower cost, and then I can sort of sell them myself because they're small things. I have a little Dymo label printer that I put on my desk, and I print out labels every time somebody buys something from my store and take them to the post office, walk down to the Union Square post office, (laughs) dump them all in the thing. Yeah, no, it's funny. It, the diversifying
0: income just makes me think as somebody who works in a nonprofit, and we have exactly the same issue, right? Yeah. You, if you put all of your eggs in one basket, as soon as something doesn't work out, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, like
1: but, for instance, this past year, I did not have a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which was a big blow to our my husband and I's combined yearly income. But because I kind of had all these other things that are a little more regular and put small pieces into the pool. Often rather than one large chunk just thrown in there all at once. uh, We were we've been able to you know weather that and sustain through that and I'm gonna hopefully have another Kickstarter later this year. Yeah, keep it going.
0: Yeah, ready so maybe we'll shift gears a little bit. Although the, this is deeply interesting to me, because one of the things that I always think about with web comics too is how many more women I'm seeing mm-hmm. in that arena. It just seems like it's a way for folks to to break into something that had been previously kind of walled off, and that's exciting to me. Yeah. One of the things that I want to talk about is um, maybe a little bit about romance and so you have a yes. story yes <laughs> you have this story that that at the at its heart still is a romance and mm-hmm. it's actually got maybe more than one romance and so there are multiple romances <laughs> yeah maybe I'm juggling so. trying to remember how, yes. where are who's, we with this romance with who? yeah <laughs> Um, but maybe talk about, uh, one, like, why is that something that's interesting to you? And then maybe even think about what are some of the romances that you've enjoyed over the years? Mm.
1: You know, it's funny that you ask that because romance is not personally my favorite genre to consume. I like romance and everything. I like to, I feel like I I like to write it because it's so much interaction with characters. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm like so into is just characters interacting with each other. Learning about each other, growing closer to each other. Um, <laughs> what I consume tends to be well, you know, I say this, but then like Down Abbey is like my, one of my favorite. I'm not um. a big, I'm not a big
0: romance, <laughs> traditional romance reader yeah. either,
1: but I loved that show. Man, Down Abbey is so good. There's so much intrigue. Right. But you see, you see what I mean though, is that like all of that like interpersonal relationship yes. is just so exciting to me, and I guess I also kind of at the very beginning of this kind of wanted to challenge myself mm. a little bit to sort of maybe write something that I hadn't up until that point uh, thought a lot about because as somebody who has read every single Redwall book about a billion times, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were surprised to see that my very first uh, like long format self-published story was a romance and not some sort of woodland mouse fantasy for epic <laughs> fantasy, but, <laughs> yes. for, for animals exactly um I think that was a big surprise at that time but um at this point I think I've sort of really come into the genre just sort of like yes I enjoy being here I enjoy writing all of this I do appreciate that uh, a lot of my fan base is is women mm-hmm. um who also enjoy that sort of thing but I feel like just kind of the universal appeal of two characters hugging it out it's (laughs) it's hard to overstate how 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 much i like that sort of thing yeah and you're right it does i hadn't thought about
0: the fact that romance naturally gives you excuses for people to have to interact yeah and sometimes maybe fight it for exactly and And there's so many emotions that i can explore here Right, and why you're feeling them. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that you like to uh, read nowadays? So Redwall being obviously Red Wall something means... from your from
1: your past. From my, well, you say <laughs> past, but I think last year I went through about almost all of them again. But, um, uh, so I really like fantasy a lot. That's probably my very favorite genre. Right now, in terms of media that I'm consuming, or comics specifically, is a lot of manga. Mm-hmm. Um, like this one is uh, I like Golden Kamuy, which is about as maybe different as possible. It's a bunch of really really buff men like beating the shit out of each other. I feel like I've heard of it, yes, but I had not. Yes, I had not there's lots it. of bears involved, but bears isn't well. Both types, both <laughs> types of bears, but people do get mauled by bears pretty often. <laughs> but um, and also they're hairy men. So I really like, I, I don't know, yeah, I, I feel like my, my typical tastes where I'm reading a comic about beefy men fighting with bears and I'm like, yes, this is amazing. And then I put that down gently and go over to the drawing board and write these two awkward men becoming friends and learning to accept so that they are able to be loved. For skinny weirdos <laughs> yes, getting together. getting together, yes. Uh, I also like, um, I like Slice of Life as well. Uh, I really like Mob Psycho 100. That's one of my favorite mm. series right now. That one has, again, superpowers and stuff, which is cool. I also like Bride Story, which I feel like is probably the most beautiful, romantic, I guess it wouldn't be Shoujo, it would be more like Jose, uh, which is for older, older women. Uh, probably the closest in alignment to like, you know, beautiful romance sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, it's maybe the one of the most gorgeous books I've ever seen in my life. Mm. So if you haven't read it yet, I would really recommend it. And then I'm also reading a comic called Delicious in Dungeon, which is also great. It's a really great series. Oh, I feel like I've heard about this. Yeah. Where
0: they, they go on the dungeon crawl mm-hmm. and they the eat d- all the eat monsters. The <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I feel like when I get really passionate about series. I like have so many things to say but for that series it's always like this is a super solid series. It's super enjoyable. It's drawn really well and like that's it. That's what I can say. This is a great (laughs) series. You kind of have to read it I guess to really understand. I can tell you that it's about people eating dungeon monsters but it's like it's just really good. As somebody who's <laughs> only recently
0: started playing in Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. I, I can now appreciate A how Awful, some of those things must be to eat. Yeah, it so must be really good. Oh, it's cooked. yeah, well, the one is only the one. Ah, so <laughs> everybody else is just helping them. Get yes, it, like, exactly. In. So I feel like I need to put that one on my reading list for mm-hmm. sure, but I haven't read it yet.
1: Yeah, any web comics that you're reading as well? Um, well, uh, Check Please, which is by my friend Ngozi, another favorite, and we just did it for Book Club. Oh, great. I also read Rice Boy by Evan Dom. Uh, I've been reading. He's been publishing comics for a really, really long yeah. time. And I, I always think that his story is very inventive. And so in that sort of like weird fantasy vein, like really appeals to me. Uh, and then usually ones by my friends and everything. Like uh, Monster Kind by my friend Taylor Carrilly. Another one I like. And um, my friend Gail publishes an autobiocomic called Pat Bird and Gail Sar. Um, <laughs> Gail Galligan. She's doing the, the Babysitter's Club books right now. Uh, the art for them, and oh, you've put me on the spot now. I'm trying to, because I like I, I consume a lot of web comics. Like I look at them, I, I know a lot of people in web comics, but when I try and think about like which ones I'm specifically reading there's like this huge block that comes down and it just looks like my twitter feed <laughs> scrolling <laughs>
0: past endlessly I totally understand mm-hmm. I was actually just talking with um a friend prior to this about how I manage everything and so I use feedly to know when stuff is oh, updated okay. because I do not have yeah. time to go figure out when
1: stuff is updated yeah yeah I just assume that like I'll see something eventually that will be like oh haven't I haven't looked at that in a while and then I'll go and read the last few updates and totally fair um I have a a bad habit of if I haven't read something in a while I'll read it backwards like I won't (laughs) just skip ahead to where I remember being I will literally just read it all backwards i don't know why i do that it's really bad
0: so 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 it's like a spoiler yes but the mystery is the mystery is how did this happen how did we get here
1: but i can't read it like i can't be regular spoiled i have to be like explained i don't know right how did we get to how did we get to i need to know but not in the right way
0: You know what? I think that's valid. It's probably easier than what I do, which is fiendishly attempt to remember where did I leave off with something and then poke around Mm -hmm. indiscriminately until I figure it out. Yeah. So there's one advantage that traditional books have is you can just put a literal bookmark there.
1: (laughs) Put down the corner. Yeah. And see
0: what you've got going. So what is uh, on the horizon for you? What else will you be working, what are you working
1: on, and what do you plan to work on? So I guess the horizon is uh, I'm planning the next Kickstarter for Sakana in June, hopefully the beginning of June, uh, which will be for Volume 3, uh, which has been a long time coming, um, so I'm excited about that. I also have another webcomic that I'm working on that's not safe for work, so you can find that on your own time, <laughs> but um, that one's been a lot of fun. I've been teaching myself how to color mm. uh, through that process, which uh, I ha- I very much overestimated my ability to just sort of like pick it up, pick up the coloring uh, you know, idea, like just figure out how to do it right away, and I can just you know, pump out as many pages as I possibly can. That is not what has happened. Uh, it's a more leisurely pace <laughs> for updates for that one. But I'm learning a lot, and I think that the pages are coming out pretty good, and I'm excited to sort of take what I've learned from this project and maybe apply it to a project in the future. Yeah. You can tell the inking is the thing that I enjoyed most, especially through Sakana, but I always thought to myself, I should probably learn how to color... Just for the future. Well,
0: and as someone who already writes everything, draws everything, inks yeah. everything, having that in your back pocket has got to make you more marketable. In yeah, general.
1: exactly. And I never really had an opportunity to just sit down and teach myself it, so I sort of forced it upon <laughs> myself. It's like I will commit to this. I'm under a page rate, so I have to learn how to how to color, or else this isn't going to work. And um, to my publisher's credit, they have been very uh, supportive oh, of me right. <laughs> trying to figure it out. And they have not beat down my door being like, why didn't you uh, do this as fast as you said that you could when you didn't realize what that meant? <laughs>
0: when, when you had
1: no idea <laughs> you how had difficult no coloring idea. actually was. Yeah. I
0: guess there's a reason it's a whole job. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I have so much respect for, for colorists now. It's, here's me looking like a fool, like, yeah, I can pick this up. <laughs> But no. That... What
0: is the hard part the process or is the hard part making sure that it all looks the way you thought it was going it's to? It's everything.
1: <laughs> it's everything. I am not good with hotkeys. I can't make myself mm. remember to use hotkeys in Photoshop. So it's always me like clicking on like file, <sighs> image, image adjustments you know yeah you're f- you're yeah, fussing I'm like, with i'm the fussing thing. with literally everything i i can't I won't just go like control i or something like that i th- actually I think that's eyedropper but um <laughs> see that that goes to shit i don't even know uh so i think as soon as i sort of get that in my head is like this is how the process should be going i think things will speed up but for now i'm like a very old woman trying to <laughs> like uh, <sighs> but but aside from that, aside from the whole colouring thing, um, the final thing that I'm working on right now is I am drawing and uh Ngozi Ukazu is writing a sports comic for uh first second. And oh fun. That I think will be published sometime in twenty twenty at this point, I think is the the schedule. But uh we're both having a lot of fun with that. And uh I'm in the thumbnailing stage right now. So nice. that's exciting. So something to look Something to look forward to. to. I'm excited about that because uh, I don't have to color it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's just fun to, you know, work in a different format than Sakana, which is the strips. Right. I mean, the other comic that I'm doing is regular pages, but um, this one also. I'm excited to draw, like, cool backgrounds, cool characters, doing sports stuff, stuff like that. Has it been interesting also
0: working on something that you're not writing?
1: You know, I don't mind working on things that I don't write that much. I think definitely my favorite part of the process is the drawing. Mm-hmm. So I would rather draw something that I'm not writing than write something that I'm not drawing.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah,
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I know that there's a lot of people out there who really want to be like comic book writers and stuff like that. And I'm like, more power to you. I just. It's, it's, I think it's difficult for me to imagine something and then give it to somebody else and just be like, yeah, do whatever with it. And I'm like, I can't, I feel like I can't make myself understood unless I'm also, you know, thumbnailing or drawing it out, uh, at the same time and, you know, but that's not my job at that point. It's just right. a writer. I wouldn't want to overstep my bounds with, with an artist that I'm working with, so... That's why I typically just tell people if you're interested in my services, uh, and you want me just for one thing, uh, the artwork is usually usually what I try and default to. Come to me for the come to me for the drawing. For the drawing. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I have been really just thankful for uh, hearing all of this. It's these are questions that I've thought about a lot, and yeah. so it's great to be able to talk to somebody who's actually doing it, particularly somebody. Who doesn't write or draw? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just to learn more about, like, here's the theories I had in my head. And, yeah. And I'm hearing more about them. Um, so if you are interested in uh,
1: Mad's work, you can find Sakana at... Uh, www.Sakana, S-A-K-A-N-A, comic, dot com. So go check that out. Uh, it's a, actually a really great time,
0: I think, to catch up on the story cause, because, um, as we said, we're, we're on take two. We're moving in a good direction <laughs> yeah. so you can get the whole backstory story mm-hmm. It is absolutely worth it, so please do that. And um, Matt is going to be doing some cons. You're going to be at Emerald City. Emerald City, City
1: Comic Con, yes, uh, it just, in just a few weeks. I'm very excited for that. I'm going to be at Table P, too. I'm also going to be at FlameCon. I think I'll be at the HiveWorks table, um, sitting with them, uh, so you can come up and see my books and stuff like that. And then I, I will also be at Otakon in uh, Washington DC now. I think uh, it used to be in Baltimore. Now mm. it's in DC. I like anime cons; they're fun.
0: And then, most exciting to us. Oh. That will be at a
1: guest at ladies con. ladies con <laughs> i live three blocks away from ladies con. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm also very excited to be there so you'll find that at uh, the
0: somerville arts at the armory on september 21st so save the date thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me Hi, everyone. Valerie here. And on behalf of all of the Ladies of Kamikaze, we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard and you're interested in checking out more of our content, you can visit us online at ladiesofkamikaze.com. There you can read our blog, sign up for our newsletter. And if you're in the Boston area, learn how you can join us for our various events, including LadiesCon. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again, and hope you join us next time.